All right, Bill. So you're trick or treating, and you're approaching that one house. You know that one house every neighborhood has way like full size candy bars, like for the good kids. And, like you love that house. But here's the question: What is the one candy you at least want to get a full size or full form candy bar or candy for of? Uh, probably an almond joy. As I've mentioned before, I don't like almond joys. I like the idea of them, and Trader Joe's does it better. Trader Joe's is a GD cult. Uh, For me, Bill, it doesn't get worse. There is no candy on planet Earth that is worse than Whoppers. Whoppers are the worst. (laughs) I kind of like Whoppers. I think we went over this. No, you didn't like them. I mean, a full-size Whopper? Do they even make those? Is it just like a box? I'm talking about like a big box. Instead of getting like the one Like a carton? Like like the one you pour? Exactly. Imagine getting that. Like you go to that house, you want like the four-pack of Reese's or the two Reese's, not the fun size, or a full Kit Kat. That's bomb. A full Snickers bar? Sign me up. But imagine getting an effing large thing of Whoppers. That would be like the worst. King size next year. As you said, I think on one of the podcasts you were on yesterday, you were a popular kid uh, yesterday. That's awesome. In 2021, uh, they need full sizes for all these kids out there. Message to everyone listening, watching, wherever you are. If when Halloween 2021 comes around, spend up for the kitties, all right? Because you need to get not just full size, king size for them bitches. Well, uh, if you talk to the average teenager of today and you ask them what it is about pop culture that they like, and they'll, the first thing they'll say is the beat. Get yourself addicted. <laughs> Welcome into the pop culture pile driver. Get addicted to the content. I'm Jason Rossi. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Jason D Rossi. And you can also find us on the Twitter machine at pop culture PD. No, we're not the police, but uh, pop culture pile driver is just a bit too long for Twitter. And it will instantly, when you follow us, it will instantly make you hornier just in case you were curious. <laughs> and with me as always, is my tag team partner right here in the podcast sphere you can follow him at BillyD2411 across all social media platforms. He is Billy D. Hello. I don't think you can follow me there on Facebook, but I don't really oh. Facebook too much. I went on a liking spree. I think I liked like five things. The Yay! other day, there were mainly, mainly baby pics. I think your kid got one. I think Goose kid got one. Yeah. Uh, some other kids uh, in the uh, DSG, if they're, they're floating out there, they probably got one too. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and don't forget, uh, our theme song was by Oh Yeah. So go check them out. Oh Y-A-H period. Uh, they got some bangers out there. Love it. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a five-star review. It'd be greatly appreciated. Find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere your podcasts are found, probably like the one you're listening to now. And you can like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Search Pop Culture Pile Driver and over on Facebook, as you mentioned, as part of the hashtag Dork Shared Gooniverse. And something I don't talk enough about that I will start to talk more about, this podcast kind of isn't brought to you by, but is in, in partnership with Frank Says Hi. We raise funds for um you know well the different things say on the website you can check out frankseside.com but long story short it is raising funds for experiences and kids that are dealing with cancer um at a young age that are take are treated at the dana farber cancer institute here in boston as well as uh, give them experiences that they wouldn't have otherwise and raising funds for those affected that are in high school for college uh funds so check that out again at frank says hi uh dot com uh bill are you ready to uh find out what's out of your mind or my mind or our minds hello
I was gonna say, you son of a bitch, because you kind of <laughs> shit on me. I did not creating that, that thing. That there's on, a difference between crapping on and 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 poking at something, and I, I don't think I crapped on you. No, you were like, ah, oh, he changed it. It was yeah, such an original idea. <laughs> What's I didn't say that. I did not say that. I uh, said, no, but I said I, Billy's creative. Billy took this, had a song that somebody recorded like it, and we changed the name of the segment. What did he do? <laughs> I know, I know. What do you want, the dork podcast with that sensitivity? <laughs> Um, no, but it will have a little to do with the dark podcast. What is on my mind? Because what is on my mind is Borat. Uh, what is it? A movie film or whatever the hell it was called? Uh, like secondary something. Uh, yeah, I forget what it was called. It was really, really long. Subsequent movie movie film, I believe, was the title sequel. of it. Sequel. Uh, no, I think it was subsequent movie film. Oh, even better. Um, but uh, Max in the chat, I'm sure he'll have it right. And you didn't watch the original Borat, and people gave you a lot of shit. But if anybody has known you as long as I have, or maybe even as long as Keith has, they know that's really not a shocker. But what is kind of shocking is that, you know, especially the people in the DSG, I know a lot of people's favorite movies are, especially comedies, either Borat or Step Brothers. And you hadn't seen any of those until, what, like six months ago? Whenever we did the review of Step Brothers earlier this, yeah, this summer, somewhere in the summertime, was the first time I had seen Step Brothers. So it's not like this is out of nowhere for you. And I will say that is the number one thing for my birthday week right now that I can think <laughs> of to make you watch. I don't know if it's, you know, number you'd one? be comfortable about talking about it. So I don't know how good of a podcast it would be, but maybe that would be even make it a better podcast. But uh, the original Borat, uh, I think a few people have mentioned it. I've never had a better theater experience in my entire life. I was laughing to the point where I couldn't breathe. The only time I've ever laughed harder in my house, uh, my life was at Games of Cards Against Humanity. It's kind of like a similar oh, yes. type of uh, feeling, like just ridiculous humor. But the first Borat, I don't think that will ever be topped in theaters ever for me. Uh, this last one that I watched, it was good. Um, there was a couple of scenes where... You know, it took a while to get going, and I was like, there's nothing as outrageous as there was in the first one. And then I think Mac and Goo didn't like the super outrageous thing. I thought it was unreal. And then there was some other really good interaction. I will agree with everybody else, too. The scripted stuff wasn't that funny, but the girl they got to play the daughter, the movie could not have happened without her because Borat was recognized in the street, so he really couldn't do what he normally does. Uh, on our scale, um, I don't think we'll review this one, but we might review the first one. I would give it like, I don't know, seven, seven out of 11, maybe seven and a half. It was, it was okay, but it wasn't like one of the best movies I've ever seen. And that was the feeling I got from Borat. Okay. I will uh, take your word for it, Bill. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, for me, two things very quickly. One's uh, sad. One is happy. What would you like to start with, Bill? Uh, I'm always bad news. Bad news first. Yeah, let's go bad news first. So, so <laughs> just quickly, uh, I had a passing in my family this week. Oh, um, no. yeah, my aunt passed away. My aunt Elaine. Uh, she was dealing with pancreas, uh, not maybe not pancreatic cancer. I forget exactly. I, I apologize for not knowing exactly, but uh, she's been dealing with cancer for a long time. Uh, has been in hospice. Finally, did pass away. Unfortunately, uh, you know, sometimes you do see these things coming, especially during the difficult times we're living in. Got to visit her recently, but the reason I bring this up, not just for any sympathy, but that's not what I'm looking for, is because when it comes to horror movies, Bill, the, we all, which we're reviewing, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, we'll get to in just a little bit. For me, the reason, and I did the top 50 uh, door, um, horror movies of Dorktober, you know, with Mac and Goo and, and the guys from Dork, which is a great podcast, almost as good as this one. And 
the reason I know all these movies, the reason I got into these movies, because my aunt actually moved in with my family when I was probably somewhere around like the eight to 10 range of my life age group. And she was the human blockbuster, Bill. We, I don't know if you have an aunt or someone in your family oh, yeah. that just had every movie on VHS and you don't even know how or why. And like the millions of dollars, probably like how you have like pops or Kanye shoes. Like you're just like, why do you spend your money on that? But thank you for doing so. So I, I, when she moved in, I used to just go down there and there was this huge box. I'm talking a gigantic, it was almost like a magical box. And there was always these movies. So I, that's where I watch all the Halloween movies. That's where I watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, the sequels, not the originals. And all, every like nuancy, weird horror movie was always because of my aunt. So, um, you know, part of my, you know, childhood and growing up and loving our movies was due to her so uh r.i.p uh to my aunt and obviously we'll be doing all the festivities for that this week but i just there i wouldn't love horror movies if it wasn't for my aunt elaine who, who came into my life uh obviously she's been there the whole time but came moving into my house that i literally would go downstairs day in day out to watch ridiculous movies an eight-year-old should not so uh there's the downside but here's the oh it depends on what you think here bill one other quickie do you see the trailer for this new say by the bell show no and i'm not the biggest it's fine like, yeah, um, I think Maggie Goose say most things are fine. Say by the bell's fine. Okay, good. Um, but this new trailer, I don't know. I'm not 100% in. It's the roller coaster of a lifetime of a trailer because it obviously hits off the nostalgia. I love Say by the Bell. It was my Saturday morning delight. And this one's very bizarre. The first minute of the trailer, I'm like, I am so out. Then the next minute, I'm kind of like, hmm, I'm going to watch this. So we'll see a future episodes. I know you, you love the boys. I think this is being released on Peacock Weekly. I don't think that they're doing a big bunch. So I may uh, either make a small, a mini pod, or maybe we can make a part of this. Or we'll see. We'll see as things come out. It's coming out around Thanksgiving, though. So it will be on Peacock's streaming network. Uh, last it's called. thing for me, quickly, and speaking of trailers, the Animaniacs trailers that have been out. This was my childhood. Um, it was one of my most influential shows, like my sense of humor is greatly influenced by a few people like Bobby Heenan, probably a number one. And then the Animaniacs probably right behind them. Uh, their trailers were absolutely bangers. Both of them, uh, everything that Pinky did in them was hilarious. So very much looking forward to that. Is that something you will watch or is that like, Oh yeah, no, have- I, I, I was all in on Animaniacs, hey, man, Animaniacs. I loved uh, the, what was it? The, the Godfathers. I uh, loved yeah. it. Uh, those Good were actually feathers. my favorites. Good Good feathers. Thank you. Thank you. And then the grandmother, um, with the little old lady from Pasadena and oh, Slappy Squirrel. Yes. Those, those were like, cause I was Probably like, like the two worst characters, but yeah, no, no. I just like those offshoots. Cause yeah, I was yeah. thinking the brain got its own spinoff. Oh, so yeah. I don't even, I don't even think of it as that show. Obviously that's what will be very, a big part of this show. And the Animaniacs themselves dot was, was goat, but, uh, oh, daddy and you die. Oh, it's just incredible. I am so looking forward to that as well. I'm a little bit nervous about that one more than say by the bell, just because, I could care less if Say by the Bell's good or not, but this one, like, if it's not good, it's going to hurt. Like, kind of like when Ren and Stimpy came back, I think, like, a decade ago. I don't think it can fail. I think it was one of those shows that was ahead of its time, and right now it's kind of in the sweet spot for humor. So as long as they're not too topical and do what they always did, I think, you know, the boys from Maggie Goo mentioned this as well, and kind of hit those old things. Like, they did stuff on, like, Albert Einstein and yeah. Michelangelo in the 16th Chapel and... um How know, do you know all the capitals in the oh, U.S.? Oh, yeah. You, uh, and then, uh, what is it? Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Columbus is the capital of Ohio. There's Montgomery. I can do the whole thing. But, um, yeah, so that was, you know, my childhood. I love it. Well, let's get to the main event of this episode, Bill. (laughs) 
Spooky. <laughs> uh, finally, Bill knows where uh, Scary Terry comes from on um, Rick and Morty. But A Nightmare on Elm Street, Bill, is the movie we both watched. I don't even know if you officially did. I'm going to take your uh, word for it. Um, just 2010 you know, one, right? Yeah, we watched 2010, and both of us – you probably were like, is this supposed to be even a little bit scary? Is, is this a joke? Um, no, we're talking about the 1984 classic uh, in Wes Craven's classic slasher film, both – our several Midwestern teenagers fall prey to Freddy Krueger, played by Robert England, uh, a disfigured midnight mangler, love that description, who preys on teenagers in their dreams, which in turn, Bill, kills them in reality. After investigating the phenomenon, Nancy, played by Heather Langenkamp, begins to suspect that a dark secret kept by her and her friend's parents may be the key to unveiling the mystery. But can Nancy and her boyfriend, Glenn, played by debuting Johnny Depp, Solve the puzzle before it's too late. This movie stars Heather Langenkamp, John Saxton, Renee Barkley, Robert England as Freddy Krueger, and Johnny Depp, as I mentioned, Bill, his very first film. If you had to take a stab, if you would, at how much this movie made either domestic or worldwide, what would you guess? Uh, 1984. 1984. 20 grand? Uh, 20 mil? 20 grand. 20 mil? <laughs> 20 grand would be quite a quite an interesting... Uh, no, but yeah, 25 million though domestic and 57 worldwide. That's pretty big numbers back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And this film was released on November 16th, 1984. And here we go. We like to kind of start off by taking a little uh, snapshot of what was going on then. Bill, what do you believe the price of gas was in 1984 in November? One dollar, Bob. It's a good guess. One dollar sixteen cents. Oh, okay. Yeah, now, pretty, pretty close to the year of our birth, so I'm kind of dialed in around there. Yep. Uh, this is right before you were born, uh, and I would right I would, after. 19. I was born in '83. Oh yeah, you're old. Uh, the <laughs> number one record in the United States. I will give you a hint. You really, really love this song. You sing it often. I can't. I don't know if it has ties to Scrubs or Psych or neither, but this song reminds me of you when I hear this. And Ooh. you, you share the name with the artist. Oh, Billy Ocean. Yeah. Besides the, uh, is it Carib uh, Caribbean Queen? Caribbean Queen. Oh man. Besides the Atlantic and the Pacific, he's my favorite Ocean. <laughs> Number one. Scrubs. Yeah. Thank you. I thought so. I, I couldn't remember. Uh, number one movie at the time. If you get this, I will give you one million dollars. Uh, 1984. I uh, didn't look. Um, Tremors. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's called Oh God, You Devil. Didn't look it up what it is. Ah, uh, Bill, who was the WWF champion at the time? Uh, Hulk Hogan. Who would be the NWA future WCW champion? Uh, it's either Sting or Ric Flair. You get to pick one. Sting. What? Ric Flair. Damn. Uh, the ratings on this one in IMDb gives it a 7.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has a critic score of 94% and a um, user or an audience score of 83%. Metacritic gives it a, a 76 out of 100. And Bill, I've decided to add something a little different to these reviews. I grabbed a random one-star review and very quick line and a very quick 10-star review off of IMDb this time. Which one would you like to hear first? Uh, I'm always bad news first, man. Okay, so one-star review from N underscore Waters. This was given on May 21st, 2019. Yes, back in the early 80s when I was young, this was scary. But fast forward to 2019 and being over 40, this is garbage. Okay, uh, 10 star review bill comes from GQQQ4564 on June 4th, 2008. This movie is much different from the horror movies because it's more about the story and the mystery and less about pointless killing. Yeah, I mean, 
Not really the um, home run reviews <laughs> I was looking for right there, but oh, kind of dialed in on the, the plot of this movie. Chef's kiss. Just All right, hold great, on. Let's, let's pause there. Let's just jump into it. Curtain jerker. Bill, did you like it? Yeah, I kind of loved it. It was really, really uh, a fun little movie for a horror movie. I know it's weird for me to say that. I laughed at some of the stuff very early too, uh, which was kind of good that it didn't get you know too horror-y right away for me. But a lot of suspense, a lot of building, a lot of tension. I was never bored for, I don't, I don't know, like uh, if we put the Borometer character, I was never really bored in this movie. No, it's. I would say it would be hard to be bored. Not a very long movie either. Uh, for me, did I like it? Yes, but not as much as when I was a kid. So I kind of also take it from like that first review. But I have to take separate that. To me, there's a lot of plot holes in this. It's still a classic. And, and don't forget, this is also like a movie as an adult. Like I'm going to introduce like my kid to this movie. Like this mm-hmm. is a movie I think forever. Will what be, age though? Uh, probably once he reaches like teen, like early teen. Like, I don't think kids, I can't say this, like my nieces and nephews. So like one of my nephews is 10, the other one's eight. We're watching like the Goosebumps TV show. That's like our like Halloween like gatherings. Like, I don't think they could handle this. I don't think my sister would want them to handle this. So I think like 13, 14 is a decent age to like show them this, depending on the maturity level at that time, what kind of kid they are. If they're rebellious, crazy, they're never going to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah, I wouldn't let my <laughs> nephew watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, like if they're rambunctious, like if he's a little rambunctious guy, which I have a hard, hard feeling that's going to happen, he's not seeing this until he's like 25. Uh, <laughs> casting, Bill, what did you think? Uh, not great. Not great. The mom, <laughs> not great, Bob. The mom oh. loved her. Unreal. <laughs> what an 80s mom. What a piece of shit she No casting, I'm talking about the casting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the casting for her kind of crushed it. The the main girl, I think her name's Heather Langenkamp. Langenkamp. Yeah. She beat over 200 actresses, I read, uh, to yes. get the role of Nancy. And woof, what were those 200? Like the 200 other actresses must have been terrible. I thought she was awful. I thought Johnny Depp was good. I thought the the kid who was playing the, the role of... Um, Danny Rod. Zuko, basically from uh, Greece, yeah, was fine. Yeah. He was yeah. fine. Um, I guess you kind of want bad actors. In the, like that's the thing I don't get in these nineteen eighty horror movies. Was this purposely bad acting? No. So I think there's a balance here. For we'll get to the acting in a second, but let, let's for the casting purposes. I, I actually like the cast. I like Nancy Heather Langkamp as the final girl. Nancy. I like the way she was like believable. In certain things, yeah, the acting, we'll get there. Uh, I found out the, also, like, let's be honest, there's a golden standard here as well. His name's Robert England as as Freddy Krueger. This guy was incredible. Like, Oh, he I, was great. He was I great. Don't, I don't think they could have found a better actor to play this role. And I know this role developed in future sequels, but here for this, if this was a standalone movie, if Wes Craven had his vision, this there would have never been any more of these. It was a one, one and done. Uh, the ending would have been a little different. We'll get to, but I thought Robert England was just awesome in the role. And I really like Johnny Depp actually to find out this was his first role. You could see that this guy had it over basically all the other actors. I also liked, uh, was it Renee? I want to call her Bark- Barkley. Was I right on that? Uh, who played um, the girl who starts the movie getting haunted in the uh, Renee? Yeah, Blakely. Um, you know, I thought she was really good as well as Tina. So yeah, Johnny I, I uh, Johnny Depp in the uh, iconic crop top in his room there. Oh my god, uh, showing a little skin. So he it. was really really good. This is kind of like his Gilbert Grape moment. I would say he was good enough in this. He owes Wes Craven, you know, for his start in acting. Obviously, yep. I was actually. I didn't know much about Wes Craven because I'm not a huge horror guy. I didn't realize he was fucking old. Like, I didn't realize he did horror movies like uh, like decades before this. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's been around and obviously R.I.P. But, um, yeah. Because he, he did Scream. Well, Scream was after 12 years later. That's what I mean. Like, when yeah. I saw, like, I always thought Wes Craven Scream, I was like, who's this young, up-and-coming yeah. director doing this great take on a horror movie? Because I think that, like, I, I think Jaws, is, I, got, I got to the top 25 of The Dork, and then I stopped because I didn't want to hear your thoughts on this, and I assumed this was in the top 25. Yeah. Um, but I assume, like, you know, Scream was way up there as well, so I don't want to spoil the list for anybody, yeah. but like, okay, uh, Wes Craven is a genius, and this oh, movie, great. I think, is great. It's, I enjoyed it so much. All right, so we could jump into it. Speak and spell, Bill. Acting and writing. What did you think? Terrible. <laughs> Horrible, but that's what you get with these kind of movies, and I wonder... Like, this is what I don't get about the genre. Is it purposely done where it's kind of hokey? Because if it is, bravo, well done. Because a lot of the ways, a lot of the lines that they ended to end a scene, like a word to the mother or a word to somebody else, was just so poorly written and so poorly acted that I was like, it's got to be purposeful that they're this bad. It's got to be bad on purpose. It's got to be Kane. Um so to answer your question, no, I don't think it was purposely bad. I think just the eighties was a different time. And also horror movies weren't looked at like they are today. Like these are mega blockbusters today. At that time, it was literally like, by the way, cheers, uh, filling up your cup there. Look at this. Oh, guy. Yeah. Um, it's been but a rough day. <laughs> it always is. Um, but yeah, I thought that like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't think they purposely made it bad. I just don't think they ever wanted to pay premiere actors or actresses to get these roles. So especially when you have people that are seen a lot, like I think the mother's an, an awful actress. I think she, oh, she is, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. She, the best part about her was at least she was drunk. Like hopefully she was actually drinking on set. I, I really like the cast itself. I already said about Nancy. I really like the casting of her, but to be a hundred percent honest, like when it came to the acting pretty like fine at best, as you would say. Uh, That's for generous. Home. That is generous. Like, and I said, fine. but the the writing was a mixed bag of crap. Because at times they did odd story plots. Like for me, Rod, the, the actor that who, you know, think about this. He was in jail because he was, they thought he murdered his girlfriend in cold blood, literally, and ran away when Freddy Krueger did it in the bedroom in a crazy scene. So then he quote unquote, in their eyes, hangs himself in prison. They give him this whole funeral sad scene while Tina, who's an innocent teenager, earlier dies, no funeral, no I don't conversation. Think you technically give somebody a funeral though. Maybe you can bury an empty casket, but I don't think you can like do a real funeral until the, the case is solved. I don't think you can mm-hmm. like just bury somebody in an open murder investigation. Knock on wood, that's never happened to me um, in my life. <laughs> yeah, what uh, do you what do you know? What do you know? Hopefully, it's not me. But I, I've seen enough CSI and and CS and Law and Order that I don't think you can technically do that. But I did find that odd as well that they cut to a guy that they thought was a murderer's funeral. Yeah, and it's but like- it was still an open case. You don't know if he did it. And I mean, the Fine. dad. Like, I, I don't go so much into plot here when I'm talking about the writing of it. Like, plot, I think, is more of an o- overarching thing. Just like the dialogue in this movie was fucking horrendous, and it's like a, a tribute to the genius of the plot and like the suspense of the movie that I was still sucked in, even though the acting was so bad. And we can talk about the plot here too. There were so many times where I was like, "Why is he leaving his daughter alone?" Like, what is this guy doing? Like, what is this person doing? You would, ne- And I know that's horror movies, and that's why I loved um, Cabin in the Woods so much, because they kind of showed you the trope, and, like, this is the only way it's going to happen is if we increase the sex drive or whatever. So I really thought, despite the terrible writing, acting, and plot, it was still suspenseful as hell. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. The suspense is that this movie has a lot going for it, but just, like, 
you know, we're, we're, we're looking at this thing, what, 36 uh, years later? Mm-hmm. A little, little different. So, Bill, hit my music. How did you like the use of music in A Nightmare on Elm Street? Not the greatest I've ever heard, definitely, for horror movies. Usually that kind of drives it. The You know, when I looked at the theme, it kind of, I didn't notice it as bad. I didn't notice it as good. It was kind of like I said before. It's like, good refereeing, you don't really notice it. It was fine. Didn't really hit any points for me. And the main theme, it's no Halloween. Like, not even close. Mm. See, I... Yeah, Halloween uses it better, and I just think the stockiness of Michael Myers ties into that. But for here, the score is terrifying. It brings absolute goosebumps to my – like, this one's – like, if you just heard this song, like, driving in the car at night, I find it to be actually one of the scarier theme songs. It's more than Jason's – I like that stuff. I like something that gives you that feeling every time they're on screen. This, to me, was just, like, good – like, whoever composed it was just really good in the studio. They weren't trying to make their mark with this movie forget that might have been john carpenter but don't quote me on that also uh the thing i thought that was scary about this movie and still to this day creeps me out anytime kids are chanting singing anything to do with kids singing songs aside from kids bop that's just horrible not horrifying the whole one two freddy's coming for you mm-hmm. next level haunting scares me to this day when that scene they don't play it enough in this movie i think this movie if they would redo it themselves they would put that a little bit more in they it's like only in like one or two scenes and they talk about it though like the girls like oh did you see the girls in your dream like yeah that's the scariest part yeah the guy with the knives for fingers that's scary but like knowing he's coming and that being like his like we'll call it like theme song mm-hmm. that's scary as hell. Well, so I thought that stuff was right on i thought this i love the score but the, like everything about the music in this sets the tone of just eeriness worry and and again it's all about not going to sleep which is terrifying and for our audio listeners now are you holding a little baseball guy oh yeah <laughs> uh yes i'm holding my mike greenwell it was a starting lineup back in the day I hate Mike Greenwell. I couldn't get an autograph from him once pregame, and I was that kid who was like, this guy didn't give me an autograph. He can go to hell. I'm but, fidgety. I'm fidgety. I'm always doing stuff with my hands. And the one-two uh, thing is terrifying, and now that also relates back to, I believe, the first DMX album where they did one-two. Yes. X is coming for you, which was part of my childhood, much like this movie was part of yours. And now I understand yeah. it a little better. Yeah, and oddly, that's both of us. I don't know if those are good or bad things. Bill, do you want to take a stab at acting out a scene? I don't really, because there's All nothing right. to like act because it was so poorly done. I guess I can do the mother right now and just drink. My favorite <laughs> part of the movie was when she reached into the linen closet and got a bottle of liquor and then just sat there and drank it. So basically, for those, again, on the audio version, I'm drinking some wine right now. So I'm the yeah. mom. Honestly, there's not much to do here. I just like the, like, this is God. When he, like, she's like, oh my God, or like, please God. And then Freddie just pulls out the glove and is like, this is God. That is terrifying to me as well. Freddy's a bizarre character and they don't go enough into his backstory uh, till much later in the series, but he is scary. And yes, that mother though, just to go back to that just for a moment, what the F like horrible mother daughters having all these issues. She, I know why she's drinking as we find out, we can tell you about the story. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, the parents basically burned this man. He was like a pedophile. And- no, no, he wasn't. He was a child murderer. The original uh... story was he's a pedophile. And that's what I went into this thinking. And then when they dropped the bomb that he's just a child murderer, I was like, I mean, that's terrible. He killed 20 kids. Also not believable. Another problem with the plot. But I was just like, eh, I think it kind of would have been better if he was a killer. And you know, a child rapist. Not that that's a good thing, but for <laughs> I wish horror, I, it would have been a horror movie. Was, no, no, but for right. a horror movie plot line, that would have made a little more sense. And the twenty kids is a little bit extravagant. Like that's fucking crazy. Nobody's yeah. like, has anybody killed twenty in like non mass shooting? Has I'm there not, been a twenty person serial killer? 
I'm going to go with yes, but I'm not confirming. I'm not, I don't have the stats in front of me, but the other thing that is weird is like, why dreams? Now, obviously that's the scariest part of this movie, Bill. This mother oh, yeah. effort, you like tonight, both of us, eventually after you have enough drinks and I pop enough pills, we will both be hitting the pillow, resting off the day. Our worries, our thoughts are gone and we sleep. Imagine that being the hardest part of your day. Everyone looks forward to sleep. Sleep is the greatest thing when you get older. When you're young, you don't want to sleep because you just want to have so much fun. That's the scariest part. I remember as a kid, the nightmares, I'd be so worried that when I fell asleep, that son of a bitch, Freddie, would just be lurking somewhere, bring me into some boiler room. And I'm not smart enough. I'm not Nancy. I don't know how to bring him into reality, which is a whole nother weird part. But yeah, I, I think that's what made this movie so terrifying. But uh Speaking of I it. mean, it's absolutely incredibly terrifying because sleep is the one thing that you kind of can't control. And even from the start of the movie, that first part where he grabs her from behind is fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. And all of the parents in this movie, this is like a movie about bad parenting. I think um, <laughs> Mac and Goo have made the point that Kevin's dad is the like the worst parent fucking ever. <laughs> a home alone? <laughs> and home alone. Oh, and basically, yeah. this movie is like home alone in your dreams. But um, <laughs> was she setting up the booby traps? Like, I want to take oh, no th- that scene where she's no. setting up the booby traps and put the Home Alone music under it. That didn't did it did it did it did it. It it's was the same be, thing. It would no. It's not even because at least Kevin had like a whole afternoon. This chick goes, "Hey, Dad, come over here in twenty minutes. I, in the meantime, I'm gonna set up explosives. I'm gonna set up like a mallet that's gonna swing down. And by the way, none of these things were even effective. This, oh, the mallet slowed him." Yeah, slowed him down for like a second. He took it to the gut, like as if I gave you like a ball tap that I do this way, by the way. Um, but I, I'm telling you, that was that was ridiculous. That's going back to the writing and plot. Like, there's that's one of the holes. I'm like, what are we doing here? But oh, there's plot holes galore in this yeah. movie. But it's still like I throw that to the wayside. Like yes, I'm not one of those. Disbelief. And that's again the nerd people. I know there's been a huge debate about nerd and dork, but like the nerd people will get like down in the details about like. Oh, this plot's dumb, but I'm like, it's a horror movie. I'm along for the ride, and the ride was a lot of fun. And like the like like the tongue phone thing. Oh, love that scene. Oh my god, I was dying. I'm your boyfriend now. And and the other thing too, before we get to the legacy, I mean, I know we have some final thoughts too, but I have a ton on this movie because I love it. But like the first scene where you kind of see him and he just has the ridiculously long arms, I was dying laughing. Like, is this movie supposed to be hokey? Well, here's the deal in, in my thought for you seeing it now is that when I was a kid, that's terrifying. Think of like a monster that's right. Yeah. Big now there's so much satire. We've we've come to the point in life also like post 9-11. I've, I've said this a million times, like it, things were so like, things don't have that reality to us anymore because we've seen much worse things in real life. Like mm-hmm. movies don't hit the same way. Uh, you know, anti-hero movies, all these, think about superhero movies. There's all scary stuff there. This son of a bitch coming at you, first scene right off the bat, long arms. As a kid, I used to be like, this, you can't get away from him. He's in your dreams and he's got long arms. He's all, he pops up here, he pops up there. Um, Yeah, he, it, it, but like watching it now, yeah. I laughed several times during this movie. Oh, my, yeah. my wife thought this movie was hilarious in moments and pointed out like all these flaws, but I'm like, listen, of course there is. It was 1984. And like, you could do this outside but of Halloween. Good movies were made before this. No, That's no. what I don't get. But it's because <laughs> like, it's, it's a horror movie. Like not really great. Like you, even if you look at like the original Friday the 13th, Halloween's the only thing I really pick on that movie for is just, there's so many drawn out long stills in that movie. Like there's legit shots that are just stills of things for like, way more than like five, six seconds. So, but that's what that's neither here nor there. This movie particularly had probably the, I think it's still the scariest of all of these movies. Like for a kid, like Halloween's scary today. Like I think as an adult, but like this movie, like as a kid will get you as an adult, you're like laughing at Freddy Krueger because he's such a caricature. 
Yeah, and the pacing of this movie, I know people pan the pacing and they think it's really bad of old movies. The pacing yeah. of this movie, we're pretty good. Anytime I see a movie's runtime is like 95 minutes, sign me up. Yeah, sign I, me up. I am all in. That's like a, a comedy. But yeah, we talked about it. Bill, what do you think the legacy of A Nightmare on Elm Street is? And what would you say by legacy, the most you know memorable thing from this movie? So it's the pepperoni face. And I looked it up. Uh, that was what his <laughs> face was designed to look like was pepperoni pizza. And hey, what is I'm, this like all that? Pizza no, face? it really is. Like it Why? was like, if you look it up, it was designed to look like pepperoni pizza and it kind of does. And that's the other thing that really hurt this movie. I think this could have been the greatest, you know, horror movie of all time. If it was done by Wes Craven 20 years later, like screen, or I guess that was like 10 years, 13 years later, like screen, because it has one of the best ideas. Like you get killed in your dreams, like in real life. And they took that from like a rip from the headlines type of thing where somebody died in their dreams because of a dream. Uh, And like, uh, you know, basically the sleep study thing that she was doing. Uh, I think he's referring to what I talked about uh, as we get a comment on the screen from one of our guys, Greg Coffin. Uh, I don't, I don't want it to be real life child molesters, the issue topic, but it would have made him a little more horrifying as a subject in the movie. But like for this movie, like, I don't know. It was like it, the legacy is Freddy. It's like, it's the claws. It's the face. It's him to 110%. Like that's what I knew about the movie going in. And that's kind of what you leave with besides bad acting. It is Freddy Effing Krueger. You're right. Yeah. He, he is by far the biggest character of all the horror movies. So when you think like the big ones, I think Jason is. Well, I look at character though. Character. You got Jason. You got Freddy. You got Leatherface. You got Chuck. Well, Chucky could be. You have Chucky. You have. Um, I'm trying to think of any. The Leprechaun. Sure, Leprechaun. I'm thinking I love like, the Leprechaun. I know, but I'm thinking like the Biggie Biggies. But Leprechaun, sure. Um, then you got you got Freddy Krueger in there. So I think Freddy Krueger by far is the biggest character. I think he's the one with the biggest personality. Followed by Chucky, Leprechaun. Like Michael Myers doesn't have any. You know, he's like the wrestler that that can't talk on the mic. He's the well. I was about to say Chris Benoit, but who cares? It's Chris Benoit. He's the, you know, like, and Jason Voorhees is kind of more the, um, who's another just silent, like, great just wrestler. Uh, like Sting you know, vicious. I don't know. Sting during <laughs> Sting during the days when he didn't speak at all, when he was uh, you know mute, and he just you know he's gonna put in a good match, even if he didn't have a tan. But like those are those guys where Freddy Krueger is all charisma all the time. He's your Stone Cold. He's your Rock. He is the guy that's a scene stealer, especially as this franchise moves on. But in this movie. Every time he's on the screen, you're glued in. You're wondering where he is, where did he disappear to, what's going on. So the I'm your boyfriend heart. now thing was great. Oh a lot of his lines, <laughs> like a lot of his lines and his weird shit that he does is really creepy and really great. I mean, we just saw right now over your shoulder, probably the scariest scene when she's taking the bath and the, oh. the claw comes up from the water. That I was like, holy fuck. Twice. And like, the playing with reality, and I'm sure we're going to get into this to the end, like the ending of this movie, is what really hurt it for me, score-wise. Yeah, so then, now, forever, Bill, did this movie, does this movie, will this movie, does it stand the test of time, in your eyes? It's really strange, because I enjoyed it, but as a movie, plot-wise, as we've talked about, kind of sucks. Like, And the ending, and we can get into that here, because it's the then, then, now, forever... The ending of this movie left me so confused and I researched it and I read a bunch of stuff about it and Wes Craven was unhappy with the way that it ended because they basically shot four endings and they kind of used them all. Whereas if you just kind of went with either 
she defeated him, but he was still alive, I would have been cool. But it was kind of like, am I supposed to believe the whole thing was a dream and she's still in the dream and now they're going to die? We don't see that. It was so unsatisfying to get that ending and just be like, well, what am I doing here? So it it's it's fun to watch, but I don't think you think of it as a good movie. It was uh, it was enjoyable, though. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I'd say no, but it is the first movie with like, you know, the big Halloween horror front man, in my opinion. I know there was Jason. Well, J Jason like just debuted because he came in at like the mask. 79? Well, he came in with the mask and everything and like right before this. Um, you know, Halloween has been around for, obviously for a long time, uh, years at this point with Michael Myers, but he kind of dissipated after uh, Halloween 2 that had already been released. Then they went with the season of the witch. But for me, it, it's about Freddy Krueger. So he lasted his, he, he, um, I would say, you know, stood the test of time, but the movie itself is not like outside of like watching it around Halloween. This is a movie I would say like, let's get together and, and, and watch in the middle of like April or something. Like it's not a, one of those scary movies that you can watch any time. Like, you know, if you want to put like a seven in the horror movie or silence of the lambs where this one's very like Halloween driven. Cause it is a Halloween like masked man. So, um, I'll give you my thoughts on the ending bill in our pull apart, but any, do you want me to go into that now? Or you want to give me your final? No, thought? you go first and then I'll. So for me, there's so many weird scenes and I kind of talked about it. Um, but I, you know, the scene where the mother kind of just dies and goes into this weird dreamy coffin and like burns down. That was bizarre. Uh, I didn't really understand that. He kills everybody else and their body remains. And that's like, the kill of it, but he was coming into reality at the same time. That was odd. But for me, Bill, how I would have ended this movie, and you mentioned Wes Craven was pissed, and this is the reason he left the, the franchise, because he wanted the ending to either be super ambiguous or just, like, tie it up. And it's funny, because as soon as Freddy kind of turns into, like, disappears as Nancy opens the door. TV she, fuzz. As, yeah, she, yeah, honestly, yeah, like, past midnight in the 80s TV. <sighs> Yeah, she opens a door and she's outside. So like, is that the dream world? Is it not? It must be because then the top comes over. The your friends are back. The mother gets pulled in by a rubber doll. Uh, that was really bizarre when her head like literally clearly is a rubber doll. But to me, how I would have moved in this movie, Bill, should have ended with Nancy. Like the mother dies. The father like runs out or he attacks. Even if he kills the father, even though he plays a role later in this franchise. But Nancy should be blamed for the murder. Kind of like what happened with Rod. I think that would have been a darker, more sinister. So Freddy Krueger, gets away with it and will continue to haunt the dreams of the kids on Elm street and, and, and move up, move along and not end on that weird, ambiguous, like what just happened. It, it really does kind of take away. It's kind of like what people say in uh, Friday, the 13th, the original spoilers ahead here, Bill, but Jason pops out of the water at the end of this movie. One of the most, shit your pants moments in movie history grabs uh their final girl into the water if it ends there you're like holy shit but no that movie then has another scene and i think that's what this movie did i would have loved to have seen like the cops everyone breaks in the mother's dead maybe the father's dead and nancy's just there with like blood on her that maybe maybe even freddie's glove something that sets that like dark twisted ending where it's like nancy now is going to go to jail she's going to be blamed for all this murders that's happened because think about it she was at every location she was there when her friend tina died she was well she was across the street but everyone thought she had some sort of involvement potentially with her boyfriend and johnny depp's character when he bled out like an absolute like buckets and buckets and buckets of blood i i, I worry what's inside my body if that's how much <laughs> blood's in johnny depp but i think that would have been a great way to end this and made it really scary and set up the franchise to be much darker and twisted instead of the goofy ass way they went 
Yeah, I'm all on board for the kill your character strain, and I was taught this early as an English major in my college career, and that's why Game of Thrones was so great for so, so, so long, because they killed, spoiler for those who haven't seen the 10-year-old show, uh, Ned Stark gets the fucking axe when you didn't expect it in the first fucking season, in the season finale, but, like, kill your characters, kill them early, kill them often, like, all of my favorite stories don't really have a happy ending. Not that this had a happy ending, but it had a fucking confusing ending. I'm on yeah. your little, like, plot fill right there. Like, have her be set up as the Freddy Krueger. Have her have the glove on. Like, she went back down to the basement, and then it's there. Then they come and find her. Something like that, because the way this movie ends is so ambiguous. And I read some stuff where people tried to explain it away that, like, the whole thing was a dream. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> if that's the case, then, like, fucking... You should be fine with the lost ending because the whole thing was purgatory. No, so, don't do that. No, don't you, know, do that. you know what I'm saying. Like, yes, yes. Just if you're, you're going to try to make it up, yeah. Like, I don't mind. I know the ending of The Sopranos. Like, either have that, like, kind of ambiguous. Did he die? Did he not? Or have the definitive, like, now this girl is set up as the one who's the killer, but she's really not. Something that's more definitive than, like, they did the whole story arc, and then she wakes up, and they're all fine? It's and just, then they drive off in the Kruger car, and you assume they die? Like, I, I don't know. And, like, the mom is killed, but, like, Freddy's the car, too. Like, I don't get it. I just yeah, don't it, get it. And I just don't like the way they edit it so quickly that you're not real. You're not real. You don't scare me anymore. Opens a door. Then she goes into some hauntingly dream sequence. Like, the, like it doesn't – like, the, the rules that they created, they didn't play by. Because yeah. it didn't seem like if you turned your back on them, you'd be fine. And then, like, all of a sudden, that's the case. <laughs> and like Johnny Depp's back was turned on him the fucking whole time. He just came up from the bed. He wasn't facing him and he fucking died horribly. So that's the other thing. Like, if you're going to create rules, you got to stand by them in the movie. But I throw that stuff out when I'm watching like a horror type movie because I know, especially from like 1984, mm. maybe they're not playing by like the same strict rules. There's no internet nerds getting all over them. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I agree with you. It was a, it was odd ending. I think that does hurt it a little bit, especially for the legacy. So, Bill, it's time for us to do what we do best. We rate things on a scale of one to eleven. Do you want to go first, or would you like my score first? You can go first. I'm giving this one a rock hard seven out of eleven because of the what this movie is from a bigger standpoint. It's one of those movies that I almost feel like you saw it for the first time. I saw it probably this is like my somewhere in the 15, 16, full through, aside from just being on sci-fi type of watch through. I would say that this, the legacy of it, we talked about is Freddy Krueger. He's bigger than the movie. He's bigger than the flaws of this movie because you always think of him. And I think of him every time Halloween comes around, it's a staple of the Halloween season. So when it comes to this time of year, it's a movie I think you should watch every year around Halloween. It's spooky as hell. The plot of it, the thought of this movie, the, the, a man haunting your dreams and wants to kill kids. Scary AF because most of the time who's watching this, the audience is young adults, people that are in their teenage, early twenties. So terrifying and all for all those reasons. So a seven out of 11 for me. So I'm not afraid to make a mistake uh, as uh, Joe Bluth once pointed out. And <laughs> I think I need to retcon my score of paranormal activity. Cause I think I gave it like a 5.5, maybe yeah. even like a five. We were both around that. Like, I was like a six and a half, which I got. Yeah, you got crapped on, which it makes, makes sense. No, sense. no, it doesn't. That no, okay. keeps all over you. I love it. Uh. I, I gave it, I, I made it 25 out of 50, and I gave it a six and a half out of 11. 
And that, that's exactly like somewhere in that mid range. It makes total sense, but that's okay. Yeah. He's already got your Rossi's horrible take for next week anyways. So, so I'd probably drop paranormal activity down to four point five. Oh, you can't, you can't change it. It's yeah. You can retcon scores once oh, you can something else. Hell yeah. Oh, so can I drop my Tommy boy? Yeah. No, it's you can retcon it. Hundred percent, you could retcon it because I, I once you see something else in the genre, I think that can change your opinion. Because nah. I want to give this at least three points higher than Paranormal Activity because my enjoyment level was through the roof on this. Where yeah. Paranormal Activity, I felt like huh, I'm kind of watching this just for a podcast, and like it didn't pleasantly surprise me with how good it was. You know what I mean? Because you didn't watch it in the dark with your clothes off. I, I don't watch anything in the dark with my clothes off. Oh, I know you do. Oh, I know you do, Bill. Typically lights are on. Typically okay. lights are on. Romantic. Uh, and I sleep in my uh, boxers. He's but, a lights on guy. But, oh yeah, I want to see what's going on there. Uh, but I will say I'm going to retcon whatever uh, paranormal activity was down to a 4.5. And I'll give this like a 7.25. I'll do like the uh, Portnoid pizza ranking here. Because it was super enjoyable, but the plot is terrible. The acting was terrible. But I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, if that makes any sense. It does, Bill. You can make all the sense in the world. I just don't get why you have to knock down paranormal activity. Because I've seen a better, like a way better, like we're watching horror movies, right? Yeah, but this is this is like, this is apples and oranges. This is like an original script thought out. That was like supposed to be a found footage film. It's like two Even different. still, like I'm watching something in the same type of genre. I'm, I, sure. I think that uh, now that I've seen, you know, three of them recently, Cabin in the Woods is a completely different type of movie. So, and it was like my speed. It was super like fucking meta. So I love that one. I I, I remember, I think I gave like a nine, nine and a half. But like, this is like a seven, 2.5. You know, it's like really, really enjoyable, but the plot takes off all of the points. Okay, so you're giving it a 7.25. I'm giving it a 7. So we'll just basically, we'll call it a 7. We'll give it the PCP score of a 7. 7.125. A 7.125. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, well, almost. Uh, anyways, but you guys can tell us what you think of this movie. You can narrate it. You can follow us at Pop Culture PD. Let us know your score here. Uh, now we will take a look in this week at Thor. This week in Thor. Shared Universe. Bill, you probably listened to at least two of these. I did not send it to you, but you may know. Bill, do you oh. know? Oh, what? I know. I okay. know. I listened to Half a Dork. And of course, they had you. Mac and Goo, and of course, Ryan Davey and uh, Rich Keefe, who uh, I don't think is the main reason why they're the most sensitive podcast in the DSG, but they are the most sensitive podcast in the DSG, 100%. Uh, they did, with you, they roundtabled the top 50 horror movies, and I got probably a little over halfway through, and then stopped. And then I listened to, of course, uh, what is it called? Uh, the one with Fryer. <laughs> Changed my mind. They had you on to, to talk Thor Dark World. Yep. Great, great podcast. Absolutely enjoyed that. You and Fryer had a back and forth. And it's always so funny because Fryer goes at you unnecessarily, and I find it cute. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> it's like flirting on the playground. Yeah, we, it really are, is. we are. It is. It's <laughs> true. Um, yeah, I had uh I went into enemy territory twice yesterday in the same day. Also got up at 4 30 that morning because my son was Ooh. an absolute lunatic. I was absolutely fumes. I was on fumes, Bill, before the first podcast. But then I don't know how you do. After a podcast, after anything in performance uh, that I've done in my life, uh, I always get like a like a jolt of, of oh, energy. So when I come out of this, like I'm gonna be going upstairs making dinner, I'm cooking salmon tonight. I'm gonna my wife is gonna be absolutely 
annoyed with me. Like last <laughs> night, I was like, after the first podcast, I had a little bit of time, then got into the second podcast. I was like, maybe this will be quick. Like I know Change My Mind's usually like a 90-minute pod. Dork's usually like 60 to 65. We went two hours on that puppy. Uh, a lot of mouths to feed in that one. But yeah, what about uh, Back and Goo? What did they do this week? Uh, they did the 1989, 1984. I don't know. The classic Alien. Aliens? Uh, I don't know. They did one of those movies. Toy Boys? Toy Boys. I don't even know if they're still doing stuff, but they probably talk toys. TLDR did comics. And tease ahead, besides all of the people who are streaming, like Davey, like Dr. Joe, like Shine Time, this shirt right here is a little tease ahead to something that may be coming to a DSG near you. That shirt? Well, something that has to do with pineapples specifically. Okay, so pineapples are coming to, to shirts. Yeah, me and me, no, no, no. Uh, something that a show that has to do a lot with pineapples. Uh, me and Dr. Joe may be doing a little pod about it. Oh, sweet. I cannot wait to finally hear more How I Met Your Mother content. <laughs> um, Bill, outside of that, uh, furloughed and friends, you know what they do? Uh, they talk a lot. Uh, I think it's Tuesdays. Is it Tuesdays and Fridays? Tuesdays and Fridays, I believe. They talk about stuff. They talk about stuff. Lucy was on our podcast last week, and she won the poll yes. for the best episode. Uh, not surprisingly, I know Davey thinks it's just because she has the poll, or I don't really understand his argument there. Well, he's saying because <laughs> you said and I said one time, like basically that Davey, like being on Dork, has the biggest audience, so they're gonna they're gonna win polls that we're on. I didn't think that necessarily for Lucy. I thought Office wasn't about who the name is next. Week. I thought people would vote on the yeah episode. the episode. Like yeah. I picked. I know it isn't the best episode, but between like a friend of ours, Kevin, we always talk about this episode and it's all about Dwight getting all the breakfast food, which is mm -hmm. why I picked coup. It is like, I could watch that episode. Literally. If you told me I had to pick one episode to watch for the rest of my life, that would be on the table. There you go. Uh, Bill coming up. We awesome. We're heading into our next podcast. We'll be on election night. So we might have a little something Ooh. there. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. The what real we super Tuesday. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Also, we, thoughts for moving forward. Some stuff is we're getting out of the of the horror season, getting towards holiday. There will be uh, you again. Dork was the top 50 horror movies. We will be doing a top 25 holiday movies that will be coming up uh, come you know, probably post Thanksgiving. I don't think we have to do it as close to Christmas or, or Hanukkah. Maybe we can do it a little before. Uh, we'll talk to those guys about that. Well, we will be bringing in some music topics such as the top 11 holiday songs that'll be coming at you probably the next few weeks. Uh, December, we have a lot of plans. November, kind of have some open spots, probably do some movies, maybe a tier list and things of that such. Also, Bill, I'm going to, I don't know if it'll dip all the way into podcasts or just be on the YouTube, but I'm going to be talking some wrestling stuff. Like you were saying, you and Joe may have some stuff. Pop it on the, that uh that pop culture pile driver. Again, get addicted to the content. Plenty of stuff to come. So a little Rossi on wrestling here. There'll be a little more of the stuff with me and Billy. Billy and Dr. Joe. Don't forget to check out Dr. Joe, the Batcracker on Twitch. He's a Twitch affiliate. Is he a Twitch affiliate? Yeah, I think him, Mac, and a couple other people. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously Dave and Davey. Davey and Chime are totally Twitch affiliates, I think, too. Yes. So check out those guys all on Twitch. Go over to the Dork Shared Gooniverse Facebook page and get all the links and all the live videos. Again, change my mind, Dork, Mac, and Goo, and these two studs you got right here, the official podcast of the Dork Shared Gooniverse Wives. We are At least two of them. That's more than everybody else. Well, three right? of them, technically, right? Because we have your wife. Yeah, my we wife, have... but she's not a comment. She's not on Twitter. But she does listen. She's probably, well, she, I don't know if she's commenting as we speak. But um, but yeah, I'm excited, Bill. I think there's a lot of fun stuff to come here in November. We'll do some movies. Um, we'll do some wacky stuff. And, and uh, we'll get some probably awful takes from me and other people's minds, even though some of these things aren't necessarily bad opinions. They're just something I said. 
Yeah, but like you didn't see Borat and that Step make, Brothers, which is kind of yeah, essential to a guy of your age. That makes no sense, first of all. It kind of is. Bill, there's a million things out there in the world that yeah, people- Yeah, but those are like- No, 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 let me speak. Uh, there is not, there's a million things that people do or don't do or don't see because they're just not interested. And, and like, I'm sure there's a, like horror movies for you, which is something you weren't interested in. If you told me, hey, we got to watch Borat, I would watch it. If you like told me- How do you say Borat? Yeah, Bori, Boriat, uh, Borat, whatever his name is. If you said, do we have to watch for the podcast? Like we do with Step Brothers. I don't fight things. I'm not no, trying no. to be, but that's the thing I think some people try well, to- Well, did I fight them. the horror movies, even though it no. like, does give me anxiety and I hate it? <laughs> yeah, Bill, the, the fact that we have our private conversations and you, you're dying on the inside? No, like this, <laughs> am I slowly killing you by having you watch A Nightmare on Elm Street? Likely. Can you not sleep tonight because of me? Yes. Um, no, but in all honesty, no, I get it. And that, but I don't, I never, when you said Step Brothers, I didn't, do a hissy no, thing. No. I, my point is, I just never saw this. Sasha Baron Cohen to me, not just I don't find him funny. I'm not saying I'm against him. I also said that about Will Ferrell about a lot of things. Well, I can also see why you didn't find Sasha Baron Cohen funny because I think it might have been at the time where we were at our friend's house all the time and all he oh, yeah. did was play the Ali G show. Ali G show, and it's annoying. Roof. And the most annoying show I've I ever watched. I like the show, but to the point where he played it, to the point where if you were like, I don't want to ever see anything, Sasha, because we would go over and that's all he would play for days. And like, and he, he actually do, had like the one an the apartment. Thing too? Is that the finger thing, Ali G? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We'll get yeah. Or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, I forget. It's been so long since I've seen the show. But like, we would go over his house every day. This was like the first person to like yeah. have an apartment, kind of, when we were yeah, right, out of, right, out, right out of college. Oh yeah, downstairs of their house, it was a separate and apartment. All so they did was all the like on a loop was the Ali G show. Yeah, it was honestly, and I said to him one time, to his face, to a T, this right here is the most annoying show I've ever seen. Period. It is awful. Like I can't, I can't. And yes, I'm. But again, I'm not doing it because I'm like I don't want to watch it because that's cool. No, or I'm trying to be anti. That's not my style. If people think that's it. It's not. I just was never into Sasha Baron Cohen. Step Brothers just missed it. Just missed it. Didn't. Didn't care for it. Didn't go back. Like there's a million movies or things that I watch that other people don't. If they said, hey, I'm not interested in that, all right, so be it. You're you. And there's no denying that you are you all day, 100%. (laughs) I think the people who know you long enough, I think it's taking a while for the members of the, uh, yeah, it is Buyaksha. The people of the DSG are kind of getting used to the Rossi of it all, uh, if you will say. Uh, But I will say one thing that we could do, a passion of both of ours. that it's been a while since I've done that. Uh, so, yeah, we can do that, but not together. Uh, <laughs> I would really like to do something in the Lost realm because I'm itching to kind of rewatch maybe favorite episodes, favorite characters, something along that lines. November, we don't have a lot of stuff. And I like I've it. also never seen planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes, which that's Which good I think one. is a good one to watch. Yes, yes. So that has just escaped me my whole life. Well, guess. Oh, oh, Bill, are you kidding me? Oh, Bill never saw it in the automobile. Ah! That sounds good. We could do that the week of Thanksgiving. And for all of you out there, appreciate you listening again. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Follow this son of a bitch over here at BillyD2411. You can follow me at Jason D. Rossi. But follow us at <laughs> Pop Culture PD. Great content coming at you there. Appreciate you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Super Tuesday, Bill. That's right. There's nothing more important that you have to do on November 3rd than watch pop culture pile driver or listen to it thereafter we i could t- still vote regularly right i didn't do yes. any early i was just anticipating I, voting like nope. i normally do 
haven't done it either got nothing in the mail i'm going somewhere you have to check your local officials to find out where they're doing the votings but i'm my work is being kind enough to give us a half day that day to mm-hmm. make sure people vote so uh, i encourage you go and vote if you so choose if you choose not to vote whatever but i i think it's it's the you know the one thing we that is- all, all can do the last thing I'll say on this podcast, I was always like, as, as like much younger, I was like, I don't really like, I, like it's also my right not to vote, but like, <laughs> if that was the dumbest, like, and I think I'll, like the people have been granted forgiveness about dumb things recently. I will say I've never been, that was my worst take ever that like, I have the right not to vote. It's like, no, that is the one thing as an American that you should be proud and like actually do. Like, I don't care who you vote for, just don't do matter. it. Like it's your legit duty as an American. Like, it's like jury duty and voting. Like, just do it. Well said. We'll see you all next week. Frank says hi.